Hello, I'm Claire Doherty, the director of Arnolfini in Bristol. You're listening to the Imagine New Rules podcast. Hello, my guests today are Nit Young, creative director of the Creative Youth Network in Bristol, and Maisie, who's one of the young people involved with Creative Youth Network in this city. We realise that between us, I think our birth years span about 30 years, so we have very different perspectives of this city. And we're here today to have a think about the role that arts organisations play in this city. But first off, Nick, I wonder if you could tell us a little bit about Creative Youth Network and what you do. Sure, yeah. Um, So Creative Youth Network are a Bristol organisation and we work with young people. Um, And I say that in a very simple way because we've gone through a lot of redefining or self-defining of who we are and what we do. As an organisation, we have a history that stretches back over 100 years from um, when we used to be the Kingswood Foundation, um, an organisation that worked with young people in Bristol through to our current incarnation as Creative Youth Network. And we, we kind of hold two roles in terms of our work with young people within the city, but those are two roles which we are trying to bring together into, into one brain, really. On the one hand, we are, are a youth work organisation, so we hold a contract from the city to work in certain boroughs and areas of Bristol tra- delivering traditional youth work, so youth clubs, one-to-ones, interventions, that kind of stuff youth work as we understand it and then on the other side the other half of our brain as it were is we work in the arts with young people so everything from open access sessions uh, in a range of art forms through to supporting uh, emerging young artists on their ways to becoming professionals Um, and what we are looking at now one of what particularly interests us is that we are interested in how do we bring those two elements of our identity together so that the the arts and the creative work that we do enhances and uh, defines to a greater extent the youth work offer that we deliver and and how do we really engage the young people that we're working with who are often in the margins of the city society uh, economics etc and really bring them into the fold of the creative arts scene in bristol and the region Maisie, how did you first start to come involved with Creative Youth Network? Well, um, so yeah, it's interesting what um, Nick said actually in that Creative Youth Network comes in two parts, so the youth work side and the creative side, and you're trying to bring it together. Well, for me, I think it was actually both because um, I dropped out of college about two years ago um, and was looking for something to fill up my time and um, got a space on a creative space course, which was completely free, which you know, kind of gave me a lifeline of something to do um, because I wasn't occupying my days at college. Um, But it also was, like, creatively stimulating and, yeah, it got me to enjoy the creative side of my brain. And what did the involvement with that project change for you? It led on to other pathways. Um, So through that, I got involved with um, a project called Temple Records, um, which then led on to me completing my Gold Arts Award. Um, which is um, an A-level equivalent. And Temple Records is a youth-run record label, is that right? Um, Yeah, so they basically, um, the creative producer, um, she picked me to be on their steering group, and there were eight of us, and they said to us, you 
you have the freedom to start up and run a record label. And we held auditions and we signed artists and um, held events and stuff. And they sort of put me this very, you know, young, vulnerable kid um, who wasn't really doing much with my life um, into a position where I had to act like an adult and interact with other people and was working on working towards a project it's interesting isn't it in in the context of this podcast series we're thinking about um future ways in which arts organizations might work and one of the big questions is always about who run them who gets to make decisions how is our culture created and by whom and for whom and i'm very interested in the idea about youth-led programs in particular uh, audience-led programs and you know nick i wondered like for you, what are the challenges that come up with wanting to open up authorship and ownership a bit? It's something which I, through a number of different jobs and guises of my career, because I've always worked with young people, even whilst alongside kind of making professional work and stuff. Um, and the question of, I guess there's there's always been an element of if you ask people what they should uh, what we should do, they will tell you what they know. And so I think that there is an element of of it being a kind of collaborative process. So we've been looking at, you know, in terms of how we develop as an organisation and creating our kind of, you know, our vision and our strategy, we've been looking at other organisations and models of work. And uh, there's an organisation up in Manchester called Contact, which is where I grew up. And I went to the Contact Theatre as a child a lot. And, you know, and, and a lot of my kind of formative theatre development happened there. And um, and now going back there as a, you know, as an adult, as a director of an arts organisation and seeing, you know, how things work at the other end. And Contact had an opportunity where they had a tragic fire there. Um, but it was a, an amazing opportunity for them to reinvent themselves totally and they really you know they were brave and what they did with that with that is they said right we're going to put young people at the heart of everything that we do now and so young people have a decision a 50% decision on every uh 50 say in every decision that is made within the building everything from the uh, appointment of a new cleaner through to trustees programming everything and I think that the, the the good thing about having that that partnership between the young people or the the public or you know whatever the, the the group is that you're seeking to engage is that you bring your skills and your strengths and your experience and you can point them in the direction of perhaps um, experiences and thinking and and stuff that they haven't had access to before and in return they give you their thoughts on on stuff that perhaps it reframes work that you had seen before in a way that you hadn't thought about it or introduce you to new stuff that you haven't seen so I think that structure is important that structure also needs to be kind of co-crafted because you don't want to impose something that isn't going to work on people so there needs to be that dialogue in terms of creating it it's I mean I think it's always always about dialogue and you know the art should be about dialogue and the the way that the art is presented should be about dialogue and what happens before and after should be about that dialogue and so as long as you are facilitating that conversation mm. as best you can then I think that you're heading in the right direction and and getting it wrong is fine as well and, and learning from those mistakes is you know always good. Yeah Maisie as a, as a resident in Bristol do you sense that happening with certain places arts or cultural organizations across the city are there places that you feel yeah I have a stake here so I I do 
some voluntary work with Off the Record Bristol. Um, and they do a lot of youth participation um, in how they should run their service and what, what their organisation should look like. Um, and they really listen to what you say and they and they work on it, you know, and it's action is taken. But then I've I've been on other sort of youth participation, like forums sort of thing for, for organisations that I won't name, um, <laughs> where, it's, where it's been you say something and you give all your feedback um, and you say everything that you have to say and you really give them everything. And they say, okay, great. And, and like, you can explicitly say, will you get back to me to show that you've taken actions or taken it to someone senior? And they were like, yeah, sure, we'll do that. And then you hear nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think, I think there's a big difference in an organization that takes your feedback and your criticism or constructive criticisms and works on it and then gets back to you to say, look, we did this, thank you. Mm-hmm. And an organization that takes everything that you've said to them and then it just disappears because um, you feel a little bit robbed of your ideas. Yeah, completely understand that. I, I guess that, that the, the desperate word in there is feedback, isn't it? Let's ban the word feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, because, of, because of the idea in which there's a sort of sense that there's someone that you're feeding back to rather than collaborating with on, mm-hmm. on something. But it, it, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's so interesting that I wonder if half of that happens because we're, I think I've, we've said before in this series, dealing with Victorian institutions that have a set of hierarchical structures about how they are led and how they are staffed and how they, and how they deliver their programmes, as opposed to somewhere like Contact, for example, or Bassiat Centre, mm. that have rethought the way in which they're staffed or how decisions are being made. Yeah, but I mean, I think that, you know, that... You know, contact Battersea Arts Centre to you know, as as two of many are, they're 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 not as organisations as as institutions. Yes, they're doing something new, and they're and they're but but as a model, as a way of work, it's nothing new. I mean, I think that you know, there's a lot of discussion at the moment about around Bristol as a city, and you know, what is the role of Bristol? You know, what is Bristol's identity? You know, and trying to grapple with grapple with that and get together a coherent strategy and a vision and and within that organizations also trying to do the same and how do we um, and these are all good conversations to have but I think that if you look at the the high profile success stories and the legacy of Bristol if we're thinking about the the wild bunch and out of which came massive attack if we're thinking about the graffiti hip-hop scene out of which came Banksy and um, if you're thinking about the kind of the underground music scene out of which came Represent and Ronnie Size and Full Cycle and all these things, these were not, these were kind of fluid, uh, sometimes gathered around space. But, you know, this idea of a, of a place doesn't necessarily have to be confined to bricks and mortar. I think that bricks and mortar can help that. But I think this idea of, of, of a non-hierarchical community coming together and exchanging dialogue and having conversations is nothing new and 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 bristol i think has really excelled at that and 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 still does to a degree i'm i'm also interested in the fact that creative youth network is is a dispersed organization Mm. um i mean it's a network but it's it's interesting referring back to your first point around multiple bases and Mm. why that works and i i wondered Maisie whether you might also reflect on how important where you are is. So, so is it important that 
um, becoming involved in a project could take you to another part of the city or was your first encounter where you lived or worked or studied? You know, is that familiarity of being in a particular neighbourhood important to you? I think, I think there aren't enough um, like local things people to do um, in their local neighbourhood. A lot of import, like a lot of big organisations, are based in town. For example, the the station that Creative Youth Network has. Um, and so every time I come to the station, I have to take a half an hour bus journey to town and back. Um, which is it's not a problem, but it, it's not there. There would be certain benefits of it being more local in that it would be a local group of people who really knew the area really well, and it would be about the local community. Um, but then there are benefits of it being in town in that you meet people from all over Bristol and, you know, even people from the surrounding area um, that you, like, places you've never even heard of, you know? And it's like, oh, um, we're all coming together in this one central hub in town, whereas that wouldn't happen at a more localised place. Yeah. Maybe there's something there, though, about, about the way in which you... There's an exchange, you know, you go back and forth from mm-hmm. uh, an impact or a value for you where you live locally or where you work locally and, and then the, the, the value of um, coming out of that comfort zone or being able to draw people together. I'm quite interested to think about Arnafini as both kind of um, like amplifying what else goes on across the city and working in a dispersed way, but when it's helpful to be a bit like a magnet as well. Um, to have a bit of heat, you know, in a certain place. Um, and I think that the the danger in the past has been this idea of outreach, you know, that everything happens in the centre and then we'll um, communicate to the wider wards about what's going on or try and bring people into the centre. And I prefer to think of it much more like a network where there's mm. particular heat at certain times in certain places, I think. Yeah, and I think that's a useful you know, dare I say it, kind of 21st century model to, yeah. to think about. You know, we live in a networked age and it's, uh, it's uh, particularly for the younger generations, you know, who are coming up, they understand the network well and, and as a model of, of existence and communication and, and sharing of ideas. So I think that, it, you know, perhaps it's a trickier thing for, for we who are older to kind of get our heads around, you know, this Make idea. Make me feel ancient. Well, no, 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 I'm putting myself in there as well. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think, I think, that, yeah. I think it is. And, I, and feeling that when you articulate something and you, you know, you express an opinion or, a, or, a, or a, you know, give your, that, that, that has actually been registered and uh, enacted upon in an appropriate way. And I think that that is... The value of a network is that that you know those uh, those lines of communication between the nodes flow both ways equally, and 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 that is authentic and and genuine, and and so I think it's something which we're really conscious of as an organisation is is really never making promises that we can't deliver on, um, because especially when you're working with young people and some you know some who are vulnerable or with complex needs, you know once you know they only need to be let down once before they're you know and then that's it and that 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 line of communication or that trust is gone so um and then at this but you know so at the same time so not making promises that you can't deliver on but then also really just trying to be as open as possible and as trying to 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 make things happen you know which which sounds 
hard or easy, and it's both. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you both so much. Um, I wonder if I could ask you, as we're imagining new rules for the Arnolfini, Nick, what would your rule be? My rule would be capture the imagination. You know, I think if you can capture the imagination, then, then that's the majority of your work done. And I think too often I experience work that feels like it's trying to capture my intellect or my wallet. And, uh, and so I felt if it was trying to capture my imagination, then, then I'm there. Amazing. How about you? Well, I think my, my new role for the Arnold Feeney would be something along the lines of letting out the child that you used to be. So thinking, thinking about bringing it down so that I think at the moment the Armafini is very much, well in my eyes at least, it's very much an organisation of art created by adults and for adults so adults can come and enjoy the space. And um, I think bringing that down to remind yourself that a lot of the population of Bristol is, is children and young people and, and they may have different interests to adults. Thank you very, very much. That will be one of our top rules, I can see, going forward. Thank you both so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Imagine New Rules. All the podcasts in this series are available for download at arnolfini.org.uk. Ensure you're notified of future episodes by following Arnolfini on SoundCloud.